Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. An eerie quiet on the streets of Shanghai, China's largest city paralyzed with 25 million residents under lockdown. Two weeks in, officials are struggling to deliver groceries to residents who are stuck in their homes and some running out of food. I still have some some cereals left, Uh, not much, but from fruits I only have this lemon. At night, frustrated residents calling out to their neighbors. That sound that you guys played a lot on Monday of what it's like at night in Shanghai is Ugh. something. Chills you, doesn't it? Yeah. That guy's down to a lemon? I don't want to eat a lemon. I'm so hungry, but I'm not eating a lemon. What's for dinner? You're half of the lemon. That's not much of a meal. Can we go out and get groceries? Well, the men in the white suits will beat us down. In fact, if we even break the seal on our door, we'll be guilty of an offense against uh, the emperor or whatever the hell. By the way, where's Fluffy? 
Oh, my. I got bad news about Fluffy. Yeah, yikes. Disturbing. <sighs> so uh, things are crazy ugly in China. That'll be interesting to track. And whether it weakens the hold of the Communist Party, uh, that'll take some doing. But in the United States, COVID policy, you may have noticed, has varied a great deal state to state. And indeed, uh, county by county, um, as, uh, as Jack and I have discussed many times. Yeah. I live in a town seven miles from the town where my son goes to school. And it's a completely different world. It's just attitudes. It's not based on COVID at all. No, it's culture. It's, it's you know, and if we did a uh, just a podcast these days, it's still a live radio show, which is fabulous. We've both been fans of radio since we were little kids. But who knows? Maybe someday we'll just do a rambling four-hour podcast, which seems to be hot. Um, or whatever the next, on- the next thing might be, telepathy. We'll just beam thoughts into your brains. Oh, boy, you don't want the th- all the thoughts in my brain, trust me. Anyway, if indeed we did a rambling podcast, we could spend 10 minutes right now discussing the fact that human beings have a need for religious belief. I believe that. Uh, and a lot of people believe that's because there is a God or a binding force or uh, a greater power or whatever you want to call it. Um, and in these increasingly unreligious times, many people adopted as their religion I take COVID very seriously, and I'm very afraid of it. That is almost entirely a knee-jerk reaction to the fact that Trump was too cavalier about it. In the beginning, he was, in that real estate salesman sort of way. But the fact that people adopted as their identity obsession with COVID to prove how much they hated Trump just shows how easily manipulated human beings are. Just crazy. Uh, but anyway, what I'm leading up to is a report we touched on earlier in the day, but I think it's so important it's worth repeating. Big report, uh, trio of scientists out of the University of Chicago Department of Economics compared all 50 states and the District of Columbia and their policies uh, during COVID and examined the outcomes of three variables. Health outcomes, mortality specifically, uh, economic performance throughout the pandemic, and the impact on education. Lost days of education, kids not learning, that sort of thing. Um, and, and this is such a... I'm so glad they did this because as we talked angrily, as we, you know, discussed angrily during COVID, leaders like the moron governor of California, where the show is based, for instance, and other places around the country, the only thing they ever talked about was COVID and COVID numbers. They didn't address depression, anxiety, cancer. They didn't address untreated heart ailments. They didn't address education, uh, kids despairing, child suicide. They pretended like the only issue was COVID, and that's the opposite of leadership that is cowardice. So, anyway, these uh, University of Chicago economists took a look at all 50 states. Uh, Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Here are your best best outcomes. Uh, Number one, by a significant distance, uh, Utah did great in the economy, uh, did very well in education, eighth in COVID mortality, uh, as in eighth best, adjusted for the state's population and uh, age and the prevalence of uh, obesity and diabetes. I tried to combine obesity and diabetes into one word, which is probably appropriate, but... um, they're leading comorbidities, obviously. I so, wonder, what, what percentage of people only care about the COVID number, though? Well, you had the eighth mo- uh, fewest COVID deaths. You want to have the fewest COVID deaths. Um, and if you, if kids don't learn to read or people are committing suicide or 
you lose your coffee shop. I, I don't care. I mean, what percentage of people are like that? I think a larger percentage than I would like. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure you're right on that. You know what? I was I was noodling this through earlier, because if I'm going to be intellectually honest about this study, uh, I have to allow for the fact that people might say, well, nothing's as important as saving lives. I think you're a simpleton. I think you're unwise. Uh, you don't understand, you know, the way life really works. But then it, it occurred to me, well, wait a minute. There were countless deaths from overdoses, alcoholism suicide, and other deaths of despair. So even if you are fixated on nothing but preserving human life, which I understand, again, I think it's oversimplified, but I I, I grant you that that is legitimate. Even if that's your only concern, you have to concede that the draconian lockdowns cost probably more lives than they saved. So, like I say, you're unwise. You're you're just uh, you're uh, myopic. You're not even making an effort to look at the the totality of the thing. So, anyway, here are your states that did really, really well, from the very best to uh, the tenth best. And I'll tell you, the tenth best Idaho did significantly less well than number one Utah. But it's Utah, Nebraska, Vermont, Montana, South Dakota, Florida. Uh oh. New Hampshire, Maine, Arkansas, and Idaho. A lot of rural, small states there, but Florida is the outlier. Absolutely. And got so much attention, obviously, media attention, uh, and criticism for just being so cavalier about it all. Right. Oh, we'll be digging into Florida in a moment or two. I will point out. If I had uh, more self-control, I was a better person, maybe I wouldn't point this out. But I'm going to, of those 10 top performers, only one had a Democratic governor. One out of 10. Here are your 10 worst performers, from the 10th worst to the very, very worst. Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Nevada, Maryland, Illinois, California, New Mexico, New York, D.C., and New Jersey miserable performances, especially that top, that bottom five or so, of those, only one, Maryland, had a Republican governor. I think that's significant. Now, the numbers behind the numbers. Top ten in the rankings are smaller states, with the notable exception of Florida, as Jack pointed out, which ranks sixth overall. Recall, I'm quoting from the Wall Street Journal now, recall how the Sunshine State's decision to open itself relatively soon after the first lockdowns were derided as cruel and destructive. Governor Ron DeSantis was called Governor Death Sentence. The study ranks, which as aspersions go, is fairly clever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's utterly unjustified, but it's funny. Anyway, study ranks Florida 28th in mortality, right in the middle of the pack, and a and right next to California, which was 27th, despite its far more stringent lockdowns and school closures. The tragedy of the loss of education in California. We could go off on that for an hour. Florida so ranks, Florida had slightly better death outcome, but much slightly better. Slightly worse. Slightly worse. Well, it's a tie. It's a statistical tie. But so Florida had a slightly worse death outcome, but better in all the other categories me and most people i know are perfectly okay with that trade-off we we make those trade-offs all the time that's what's always but been there so wasn't in- a trade-off that's the point but we make those trade-offs all the time and always have that's what's so weird about this whole thing 
we could eliminate traffic deaths if we made the speed limit 35. But we don't do that for all obvious reasons. We could eliminate drunk driving if we stopped everybody coming out of a bar. But we don't do that for all kinds of different reasons. But when it came to COVID, we decided, nope, we have one goal and nothing else matters. Right, including things that made people die again. So Florida and California tied. In terms of mortality, Florida ranks third for the least education loss, third place overall, almost no education loss, and 13th in economic performance. So in the top quadrant, certainly. So I would make that trade any time. So would uh, should most people like if you're in my age group. So you got two parents that aren't in the danger age group and the kids were never uh, in any danger. So, yeah, rank school as a high priority. But uh, surrounded by people that don't agree. Well, and and again, at the risk of belaboring the point, there wasn't a trade-off. Now, early on in the COVID, I understand people perceived that there was a trade-off. California, which instead of being third for educational loss, is 47th. I'm sorry, 47th overall, because the shutdowns crushed the economy. California in 40th place. In that measure, an in-person school, 50th place out of 51, including D.C., 50th place with no gain in mortality. And this echoes that John Johns Hopkins study that looked at cities and countries all around the world and determined that the shutdowns had no benefit. Right, right. In other words, Florida did about average on mortality as other states, but it did far better in protecting its citizens from severe economic harm and protecting its children from lost schooling. The authors say, quote, the correlation between health and economy scores is essentially zero, which suggests that states with, with that withdrew most from economic activity did not significantly improve health by doing so. Unfreaking believable. The bottom 10 are dominated by states in the District of Columbia that had the most stringent lockdowns were among the last to reopen schools. Their economies are, for the most part, still behind others in recovering from the pandemic. New York, whose governor, Andrew Cuomo, was celebrated as a COVID hero in the mainstream media for weeks. Excelsior! Excelsior! 49th place, Sior! Albany's severe and overlong economic shutdown. 40th in economics, had no payoff in mortality. They were in 47th place. New Jersey ranks last with a miserable performance across the board. Governor Phil Murphy didn't save lives, but he did savage the economy and punish students as he followed the teachers' union demands on school closures to rank 41st on education. Unbelievable. Another lesson that the Wall Street Journal uh, drew that the authors didn't in their paper that I think is worth uh, ending with, Thank the U.S. Constitution for our federalist system of government. States were largely mm. able to implement their own policies. The outcomes would have been much, much worse had Washington imposed a single national politi- uh, policy as dictated by the federal bureaucracy. Speaking of COVID, somebody tweeting from a plane, having just heard the announcement from the CDC that they're going to keep masks for another two weeks on planes. Kind of funny. That and other things on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty.
Armstrong and Getty Show. It was totally unexpected. My love came in, Ben came in, and he got down on one knee, and he said some things that I'll never forget. Then he pulled out a ring, and he said, will you marry me? And it was the most perfect moment. But it's so lucky. It's not often you get a second chance at true love. We feel very lucky. Wow. So that's Jennifer uh, Lopez apparently oh with Ben Affleck in that video. I love you. I love yes. you too. We're so lucky. So that's fine. I'm not I'm not uh, uh, um, cynical about love and marriage and all that sort of stuff at all. But why are you recording it and posting it for everybody? I'm pretty cynical about people who do that. Well, what is that? And I'm not good at keeping track of my starlets. Was she the one getting with Derek Jeter pretty recently? Derek Jeter? Was J-Lo ever with Derek Jeter? No, she was with uh, A-Rod. A-Rod. She was with A-Rod. A-Rod. Yeah, remember, they Wrong were the world's Yankee. most Sorry. annoying couple that I was uh, constantly uh, mentioning. Both 50 and super fit and crazy wealthy and always posting pictures of themselves half naked and how right. happy we are. Now she's back with Ben Affleck. Uh, has she been married a number of times, Michael? One of you said on the call this I week. I think like five times. She's at five. Five. So it was the most perfect of the five times you've been <laughs> proposed to? Well, heck, you can only, uh, you know, win the game you're in. How tiring would that be? Because the, the, the breakup process of relationships is brutal. So you've had to go through that a whole bunch of times and then fall back in love and get every bit as excited about it as again, again which is nice. But then, then go through the awful part again. And just I would think that would wear you out. Well, I remember somebody at one point informed us that in uh, among your Hollywood crowd, uh, uh, getting married is like going steady. You think that's it? Like exchanging your school rings. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's it. So the CDC just announced two more weeks of masks on planes for some reason. Based on the science? No. Hmm. Um, blue checkmark Tom Nichols. So, hey, uh, hey, uh, 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 stortuses, put up your dukes. It's another two weeks of fighting people who are like, why do I have to wear this mask? And they're right. Well, Tom Nichols, blue checkmark, tweeted out, I'm on an airplane right now, and our hour flight was 15 minutes of masking, a half an hour of drinks and snacks, and now the masks for the final 15 minutes. It's pure theater. Yes, it is. That is Mm -hmm. pure theater. It's like that Saturday Night Live bit we played a couple of weeks ago where they talked about and the kids all had to wear masks during their gymnastics routine, and then they took them all off to have pizza in the same room. Uh, yeah, because it's completely effing phony. And the fact that everybody just ignores how phony it is makes me nuts. Yep. The one that I got an argument at the zoo about was the, I can't order food without a mask, but I'm going to sit right there without a mask. Are you serious? What is going on with our brains? You know, it's enough people are sheep that the leadership counts on them obeying. Plus, it's the whole, if they just keep with the status quo, they can't be blamed. You see that in various uh, businesses, too. People who just ride the airplane, probably poor metaphor, straight into the ground, because they know if they just keep the status quo, they can't be blamed for the failure. And so the Biden administration are terrified. God, what a terrible leadership they are. They're terrified to change anything because they're afraid they'll be blamed. 70% of Americans are worried about nuclear war, according to some psychologist magazine. Maybe we'll talk about that. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff in the news. We'll figure out what's the most interesting.
That's really what we do for a living. Figure out what we think will be interesting to you. People gluing themselves to things, that's interesting, seems to be a trend. It is a trend for some reason. Good protest, glue yourself to something. Have that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Somebody has fallen. Oh, okay. I I think we've been told there was a protest, and I think she was writing something on the floor. Allie, what do you see down there? I know that wasn't you doing the graffiti, but what what, what was going on? It's worse than graffiti. I was just told by security that she apparently had glue, and she glued herself to the floor. And she refused (laughs) to lift her wrist up. So that's in an NBA game. Somebody glued themselves to the floor. Alex, you had that story the other day. Somebody did that in the Capitol building in California. Were they PETA protesters also? Wasn't it yeah. an animal rights thing? Yeah, it was an animal rights okay. thing back there. Okay, so PETA. So that was PETA at the ball game. So the PETA people have discovered a new great publicity stunt. Glue yourself to something. Well, as I've said uh, before, and I will say again, uh, you have two choices. Number one, just yank them off there. You always hear the expression, you got skin in the game, they'd have skin in the game then. Just pull them away. Or if you find that too cruel, I say just keep the basketball game going on with that chick pasted to the floor. She's going to get kicked, hit in the head by the ball, they're going to step on her or whatever. You want to glue yourself to an NBA floor? Glue yourself. Why is that our problem? Huh? Game on. <laughs> Tip it off. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, the woman at the Capitol glued herself to a desk, like just slapped her hand down on a desk. Just leave her there. Turn out the lights. Yeah. Dad, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'd get up. I'd move my work to another desk and uh, and get on with my day. Exactly. But don't you see me protesting? Oh, yeah, we see you. Aren't you going to do anything about it? That's your problem now. You're glued to a desk. I'm not glued to a desk. If I was glued to a desk, I'd be pretty worried. Anyway, pipe down. I got work to do. Enjoy your urine-soaked underwear. <laughs> at, at best <laughs> and that's just for starters right oh boy yeah that is the best way to handle that okay congratulations you glued yourself to the desk just right, around when all, right around when all the fans have gone home and the uh the aisles are swept up here at the basketball arena you're gonna kind of wish you hadn't done that and you're gonna have to get yourself loose somehow grit your teeth because it's gonna hurt <laughs> Oh boy! I just sneezed. I'm oh, wrong. it's COVID. It's the freaking COVID. It's now this, everybody's got it. It's the second variant. Got something super grim here, but I wanted to get this on. Oh, this boy. is from you. Having such fun. This is from Ukraine. This is a guy who is a war crimes investigator. All right, this is what he does for a living around the world. He's seen some awful stuff. And this is him being talked to on CNN yesterday, visiting some of those towns where the Russians had been. When you look at the patterns, um, you have some towns where there's um, a huge amount of civilian destruction of uh, buildings. And then you have towns like Bucha where the, 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 the level of destruction rose to a savagery, I would say, um, which seems to have targeted the most vulnerable, from children to women to those detained. Um, and the purpose is not very clear. It, it looks like a level of destruction for destruction's sake. No obvious military advantage. 
no obvious purpose. Destruction seems to have been the the, the name of that um, moment and the name of that game. That's a heck of a thing. That's a heck of a thing. Destruction for destruction's sake. Now, you talked about their reasoning last week uh, that Putin actually sees them as, well, Nazis. Uh, but I, I still don't. Or at least that's the state propaganda they're putting out. Yeah. I, I still don't understand how people get there. Um, I mentioned this book the other day, and a, a, a nice texter hit me with the title because I'd forgotten the title, Ordinary Men, which I've never read. I've thought about it a couple of times, but never gotten there. Jordan Peterson's always saying, you should read Ordinary Men. And it's about a group of people, a reserve battalion in World War II, that were given the job of exterminating people, and they were just like regular people at the beginning of this. And they were able to get to the headspace where you would be committing those kind of crimes. And it's and, and the reason Jordan Peterson, the clinical psychologist, YouTube phenomenon, the reason he says everybody should read it is just so you recognize you're capable of this. All human beings are capable of this. Knowing you're capable of this sort of thing is, is something you should know to, uh, well, just to deal with life. Yourself well, yeah, and others. I just think, well, and realism, whether you're designing policy or specifically in terms of crime or, or you know, the welfare state or whatever, the, the more complete picture you have of human beings and the way they actually behave, not the way your college professor tells you they ought to behave, not, you know, according to your fantasies of the way the world ought to work, you ought to truly understand human beings. But so you got that, you got uh, Joe Biden calling it a genocide yesterday. And then waking up to the news that we're not going to send them the attack helicopters for some reason, because that would be a little too provocative or something. I, I don't know. That's disappointing. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The Biden administration is almost utterly certain to do too little too late. Oh, almost, Don't they have that feel? Sure. They're guaranteed to come up on the too little side. I guess their argument would be, well, too much would be the amount at which you're at war with Russia and they're a nuclear power. So would rather be on this side of the line than that side of the line, I guess would be their argument. But I have a feeling they're going to come up well short of the right amount. Yeah, well, there are plenty of clips we could play that we didn't play about that same topic that make it utterly clear that the, the wanton destruction and the murder for murder's sake, like pleasure killing, is so wildly out of control that it's worth pushing a little bit, you would think. Now, maybe you're a staunch non-interventionist. I, I respect your case. I really do, because there are horrors all over the globe, and you've got to be careful about this sort of thing. But uh, Putin, who has achieved the opposite of all of his goals in many ways, uh, oh, you're going to make the Ukrainian people uh, Russians again? They're going to hate you for generations. Uh, you're going to sh- show the uh, uh, the world that the vaunted Russian military ought to get more respect? Please, it's a joke. Um, I, you know, he's weak now. Now's the time to just make him come correct and make Europe safe for the next several generations. You got to be kind of careful about it, yeah. But not that that weak, gray, hesitating Biden approach to things. Ugh, it's just so discouraging. I know that you, Joe, own some guitars. Here'd be a cool one to own. Kurt Cobain's "Smells Like Teen Spirit" guitar is uh, Jaguar, I think. Fender Jaguar, yeah. Or Fender Mustang, this particular guitar. Left-handed, what? 1969 Fender Mustang. 
Boy, don't go to the animal store and buy a Jaguar if you intended to buy a Mustang. They're very different beasts. Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, you're not riding a Jaguar. Why'd you even get a saddle? Well, right, right. But but both of those models, too many buttons. I can't figure out what all those switches are for. Nobody knows. Alex Lifeson of Rush is uh, auctioning off a bunch of his guitars. If I was ever going to do something stupid guitar uh, purchase-wise, it'd be one of his. But anyway. But the iconic blue guitar from the uh, Nirvana's heyday is uh, set to go up for sale, they think, uh, six hundred to $800,000 from some buddy in the right age range where that would mean something to you. If you're older than that or younger than that, you don't care at all. That's the interesting thing about these sorts of items. If you're mm-hmm. older than that or younger than that, you just don't care. It has no meaning to you whatsoever. It would sit in the corner and collect dust. You'd never even look at it. It has so little meaning to you. But if you're in the right age group where it mattered to you, the music mattered to you, it's worth you know three quarters of a million dollars. Right, one person wouldn't spend eight hundred, another would spend eight hundred thousand. Who was the guy? Uh, one of your tech uh, guys who started the rock and roll uh, museum that became the Museum of Pop Culture, whatever in uh, Seattle. Oh, that's the tech uh, gazillionaire. Yeah, Larry, Larry Ellison? Ellison. Ellison. Larry Ellison, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, shouldn't he step in and buy it? Uh, yeah, actually, that should be in their museum up there because that's that's I thought better than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Seattle Museum. But it, yeah, that's where it should be. But. Well, if you're ungodly rich, you don't care. You just want to own it. And it doesn't make any difference if it's still worth anything. But if it's an investment at all, my concern would be that everybody who cares about this sort of thing dies off before I do. And then there's nobody left that that cares at all. All I see is a blue guitar. Looks like it's worth about, I don't know, $1,500. Sure. Ask your, uh, well, what would you pay for Louis Armstrong's trumpet? Now, ask your grandkid what they'd pay for it. But, you know, if owning it gives you pleasure, who am I to judge? I spend sure. my money on silly things, too, occasionally. Yeah. Well, it's just an interesting aspect of fame in general. It's all made up in the, you know, beholder's mind. Sure, it's something the beholder has, not that the other person has, as the uh, saying goes, a mulatto, an albino, a mosquito, my libido. A dramatic reading of the lyrics of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Those are the words? I've never known the That's, words. Some of the lines. I've yeah. hollered them in my car before, but I, I don't know what they are. I just holler out <laughs> random syllables that sound close to the words. Very dad-like. I'm sure your sons enjoy that. Here we are now. Uh, sure. I, my thing with the kids is I sing in kind of like operatic tones, and then I always say, <laughs> oh, like uh, yeah. ACDC came on the other, I was a fast machine, she kept the motor clean. I sing like that, and I say, I sound just like the guy, don't I? I sound just like that guy. And they say, yeah. that was funny when we were four, that's no longer funny. It's that's what just they annoying. <laughs> that's what I'm going for, kids. <laughs> I'm not trying to amuse you, I'm trying to amuse me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm amused, and that's the key. We will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. The guitar. If only I owned that guitar. And you could. Have to sell my house, live on the street, but then I'd own that guitar. Are you doing the what's-her-name? I thought you were doing the what's-her-name. 
Yeah, I am. Okay. I'm, just, yeah, I'm just having fun. I'm just relaxing, man. Good. Why don't you chill I'm out? Glad you're relaxed. Why don't you just chill? Actually, before I get to that, uh, why don't we pay a little final tribute to Gilbert Gottfried with uh, clip number four, Michael? If you don't mind. And and the media kept saying and these insensitive comments and remarks. You know, they wouldn't call them jokes, because if you say jokes, people go, yeah, jokes. And then they go, uh, well, they were jokes. A comedian said that. Well, that's what comedians do. But they were uh, they were kind of on the tasteless side. And But this was Gilbert Gottfried, right? Has he ever said something tasteful? No. No. Uh, so what? what is the actual news item here? Yeah, so... Uh, so, so, is, so in your mind, Kelly, is there anything off-limits in comedy? Uh, no, no. no. No, There's no, nothing. no, no. If if you were to drop dead right now, make I'd turn to the camera, I'd have an hour on it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what Bill Maher was saying the other night. The idea that there are going to be some things that are off limits for jokes doesn't work. You can't do that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Funny guy, Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, anyway. Uh, so uh, this is probably the last time you'll hear this name on this show, uh, but it, it, I just wanted to go through a couple of the details of the infamous disappearance and reappearance of one Sherry Papini of Redding, California, or, or near there, anyway, who uh, disappeared in 2016. She's a mother of a couple of kids, right? Young kids. And mm-hmm. uh, America was, was riveted, partly because she's a really cute blonde-headed chick, and uh, she appeared, she reappeared, Three weeks after she vanished. And, uh, you know, it turns out she just pled guilty to faking the whole thing. The FBI visited the ex-boyfriend's home at one point. She was with her ex-boyfriend in uh, Costa Mesa, California. She was telling him well, you, that her husband was beating her. You disappear on your husband for three weeks. You're going to have to come up with a pretty good story to cover it up. To go well, see, yeah, exactly. To go hey. see your boyfriend. Oh, yeah. But so anyway, the boyfriend maintains, hey, look, she just showed up, said he was abusing her. And I thought, okay, you can stay. But they went and they found DNA and the rest of it and blah, blah, blah. So she was obviously there the whole time. Papini reappeared three weeks after she vanished, turning up on Thanksgiving Day near Woodland, California, uh, 146 miles south of her home. She had a chain around her waist and one arm and various injuries. Now, keep in mind that that was the answer to the question. Let's see, I ran off from my family without any explanation. How do I make it seem as if I didn't run away from my family without any explanation and stay with my boyfriend? Hmm. Hmm. Here's where you get the... And the camera goes fuzzy for a second. She reappears. I know what I'll do. I'll show up in Woodland, California with a chain around my waist. Yes, wait, wait, wait. Even better, a chain around my waist and one arm. I need to lose some weight. I need to lose a lot of weight, so I'm going to stop eating for about a week. Let me think what else. I will cut my long blonde hair very short. Do you think that's good enough? No, that's not good enough. I will brand myself on my right shoulder. That's right, as if, Ooh. as in a hot iron. Wow, that's commitment. I can see, I can see even as a crazy person how you would think they'll think. I mean, nobody brands themselves. I mean, that's too painful. So, 
Well, when the branding was done, she commenced beating herself in the face as her nose was swollen. She had bruises on her face, rashes on her left arm and left upper inner thigh. It's none of my business. As well as other parts of her body, ligature marks on her wrists and ankles, burns on her left forearm, and bruising on her pelvis and the fronts of both legs. Ah, that's. That's committing to the bit. She also had a story about her abduction telling authorities that two Hispanic women had kidnapped her and tortured her for weeks as they kept her chained to a pole in a closet and played, and I quote, that really annoying Mexican music loudly, according to court documents. I don't think it's really annoying. Oh, I get to find it charming. They're building a house next door to my house, and... uh it's uh, Mexican guys, and they're playing the music all day long. I like most of it. Sometimes they sing along at the top of their lungs. There you go. And it's hilarious. <laughs> um, Nobody's chained to poles, as far as I can tell. And yesterday, she finally confessed. Finally confessed, even though all the evidence had been showing this for a long time that it was all made up. Yeah, her defense attorney kind of talked her into. Uh, Nobody believes you. You gotta stop. final thoughts who wants final thoughts go have some final thoughts hooray here's your host for final thoughts joe getty let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew there he is a pressing the buttons our yeah. technical director michelangelo michael i am so bloated yesterday for my birthday i just barely got through this show what? i i just what? ate too much i can't eat i oh. always say this and i just can't eat like i used to well is that why you didn't have any donuts today yeah I just, I just I can't have any more sweets. I had cake. I had all, all sorts of different. You're things. not a drinking guy, so you you handle your birthday more like an eight year old yes. than a, a twenty eight year old. Exactly. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, charming in its way. Lots of cake. Young Alex, our behind the scenes producer, has a final thought. Alex, on the contrary, the donuts have arrived, and I've had three of them. I don't know if you've had too much barbecue in your life, but you just start to develop what's called the meat sweats. I think I've developed <laughs> the donut sweats. Gross. Oh, my. Bad feeling. Hey, Jack, do you have a final thought for us? So we were talking earlier about how bad social media is for kids, and it's pretty well documented. We got this text from somebody. I have three kids, eight, six, and three. They will each get $1,800 if they wait until they're 18 to join any social media platform. It will be the best money I ever spent. Not a bad idea. I might uh, think that over for my kids. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Bribe them. Whatever. Give you the money when you're 18 if you don't ever get on social media. Yeah. Gosh, my final thought um, is that, and it's it's kind of similar, has to do with something we talked about uh, earlier in the show. Ask your kids what their teachers are teaching them. Ask if they ever teach, and I'm talking first graders, second graders, do they ever bring up being a little boy or being a little girl or who's a little boy and who's a little girl and that sort of thing? Uh, because there's all sorts of crazy stuff being taught in schools that they are intentionally keeping quiet. So ask your kids. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. If you missed any chunk of the show, the podcasts are right there, downloadable. Just click on the link. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something we ought to be talking about, send it along. We have some great A&G swag for you. The sports bra ladies, very comfortable, endorsed by my own beloved daughter. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. 
Armstrong and Getty. A carnival of negativity. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. That's not right. You fool! I expected more. Let's not go through this again. They're locking up my toothpaste. I don't give two craps. Control your soul's desire for freedom. I'm a man. I'm not a cat. A bullshit! I'm really a boy. And the bigger question on everyone's mind now. Did you get the prize yet? And on that possibly nightmare-inducing note. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.